and welcome back to Let's Talk Sports. Thank you for joining me on this morning ride on this uh, rainy Tuesday, June 25th, 2019. So what are we talking about? Unfortunately, you're starting it off with some bad news. The FIFA Women's World Cup is happening right now. Uh, and we are in the knockout rounds in the round of 16. And unfortunately, uh, Canada is now eliminated from the World Cup after a one lo- after a one nothing loss to Sweden. Canada had an opportunity to equalize the score. Uh, when to uh, most of our shock, most of our surprise, uh, a penalty that was given to the Canadian team was not taken by the Canadian hero, the biggest, uh, the biggest Canadian soccer player of all time, also the second leading scorer in women's soccer history, Christine St. Clair, the captain of the team. However, it was taken by uh, Becky, my apologies, can't remember her first name, who stepped up, took a great shot, but the goalie read it exactly, made a great dive, made a great save, which cost Canada potentially any potential opportunity to go further in the tournament or potentially win a medal. Now, the big shock was the fact that Christine St. Clair did not take the shot. However, reports came out later that Christine, being the captain, approached Becky and told her that she could take the shot. And Becky said, it's your call. And Christine said, you you take it. Now, I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't see anything wrong with a captain empowering her teammate especially a younger teammate, especially someone as inspirational as Christine Sinclair, to take that penalty shot. But what does shock me is in the World Cup that supposedly means so much to you. This is potentially your last World Cup and you're not taking that shot as the captain? Of course, it brings up a lot of questions and I can't help to think, was there a lack of confidence? And to me, that's the only answer here. And the reason is, four months prior, Canada had played Sweden. And Christie's in, although Canada won in penalties, Sweden, the Sweden goalie, Lindahl, made a great save on Christine St-Pierre's penalty kick. What is also interesting is the fact that Becky, who took the penalty shot this time around, admitted that she doesn't change her penalty kicks meaning she goes the same side every time and she even admitted that maybe Lindahl you know kept that in mind and this time she made a great save stretched out to save the ball reason that's a bit shocking to me is because that sounds very amateur very amateurish in my mind you guys are professional. This is the knockout stages. Every possession matters. Every goal matters. And I'm sure a lot of Canadians are feeling that way. 
I'm very disappointed. I know it's going to be one of those things that Christine Sinclair regrets. And I mean, especially at this stage. And again, with the name that she has, not just in Canada, but in the soccer world. Christine Sinclair is two goals behind Andy Wambach of the United States for being the all-time scorer in women's soccer. Two goals. And I know, especially those great players will tell you, they don't play for accolades. They don't play for records. But let's be honest. And, you know, maybe it's part of the media's job to highlight and really bring up these, these issues. But... To me, that was very disappointing. On another note, the United States won 2-1 against Spain after being very dominant in the group stages. United States did not allow a goal prior to that game, outscoring their opponents 18 to nothing. Very dominant. And another surprising, well, not very surprising as France has been very good, but France beat Brazil 2-1. So, makes for a very interesting, makes for a very interesting uh, quarterfinals. We know now that Norway will be playing England on Thursday, and France will be playing United States, which is a game tool that I strongly encourage you to watch this Friday at 3 p.m. Also, Germany will not be playing Sweden this Saturday at 12.30. So it makes for an interesting uh, matchup, really leaving us with just Italy versus China and Netherlands versus Japan to determine that last quarterfinals matchup. So stay tuned, keep an eye on this. Again, just want to express how disappointed I am in in uh, that penalty outcome. I was just very bothered to hear uh, Becky mention how she was very confident in her penalty kicks and that she doesn't change the direction she goes. As I mentioned, these are professionals. And the sheer hubris, the arrogance to think that your penalty kicks is being so good that you don't have to change direction. It's just, to me, a sign of disrespect for your opponent. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you're a professional after all. The scouting report, I'm sure, came out to tell her, hey, by the way, if she takes the penalty kick, she's going that direction. And let's not mention the fact that four months prior, they had faced off in each other, and she had kicked the ball the exact same direction. Um... As upset as I am at this, I'm even more upset at the fact that Christine Sinclair would not relish in the moment, would not really take on that responsibility as team captain to really be the one. I mean, really, in a sense, to win or lose by. I don't think anybody would be upset if Christine Sinclair missed that penalty for everything she's done for the game of soccer, for Canadian soccer. I just really do not think anybody would have been upset at her, whether she missed it, whether she, the ball completely missed the net. But I felt it was her responsibility as captain to take that team and carry them to the promised land, and that's not what happened. But not to dwell on this too much, moving on, but still sticking in soccer. Great news, my home country, Haiti, 
won a thriller last night against Costa Rica. In the first half, it felt like Haiti was really trying to find her groove, trying to find her rhythm. Uh, they barely were able to cross the half. But in that second half, Haiti really came out strong and putting in the finishing touch at the 81st minute for a 2-1 win, staying undefeated in the Gold Cup. This is the CONCACAF Gold Cup. For those of you who don't know, CONCACAF includes uh, Central America, basically the Caribbeans, and North America, and they have their tournament. And uh, so, yeah, so Haiti has been undefeated in group stages, which sets up now a quarterfinals matchup versus Canada. USA, of course, continuing to be the favorite to win this whole tournament. But the our, our matchup last night was really to determine who would face. The, uh, the winner, of course, would be facing Canada. And the loser would be facing Mexico. Man, did we get lucky. And by lucky, I just mean the fact that we were able to pull off the win and get that matchup with Canada. Uh, Mexico is a strong team. Don't nobody want that smoke. We did not want those problems. I was watching the game with my with my with my friends, both of them Haitian. None of us wanted that Mexico matchup, so it's certainly a win for us. Shout out to my home country. Uh, this weekend, we'll be seeing a lot of uh, matchups, including the uh, uh, including the quarterfinals I just mentioned, Haiti, Canada, and uh, Costa Rica will be playing Mexico. Now. Now, there's still some matches remaining. Still some matches remaining in the group stages. Uh, Of course, referring to Jamaica playing Surachau. Could be saying it wrong. That's tonight at 8 p.m. Honduras playing El Salvador at 10.30 p.m. And tomorrow, Trinidad and Tobago will be playing Guyana as the USA face off with Panama at 9 p.m. tomorrow. So these matchups I just mentioned is going to determine the final two quarterfinals matchup, which should line up for a very interesting, uh, interesting semifinals. Um, of course, looking at the remaining teams, Mexico, USA, certainly the favorites. Uh, but I'm hoping my home country can pull some upset. Listen, this is really uh, op- me being optimistic here. This is probably as good a showing as KHD has done since ever. So big shout out to my country. I'll keep you guys posted. May not be as uh, as optimistic and as joyful as I am right now. Now, uh, last night was the NBA Awards. Uh, almost two weeks removed from the NBA Finals. Uh, less than a week after the NBA Draft. More than two months after the regular season ended, we are finally finding out who winning the regular season awards. Mentioned this on the last episode, really a big L for the NBA, and I'm really hoping that they change this. I really am hoping that they make changes. This is not really fun. But let's get into the awards. I made my predictions uh, yesterday, and... 
And of course, as predicted, Yanis Kumpo took home the Most Valuable Player Award. At an emotional speech, thanking his family. His dad wasn't present, but his mom was there. His brothers was there. Uh, it was really, it was a really great moment. He tried to hold back the tears, but really couldn't hold it back. Man, this year has been emotional, but I love it. It's great to see the human side and what it really means to these guys. And another thing that was really great uh, that that you know resurfaced on social media in 2017. Yanis had sent a tweet out to Kobe Bryant saying he's still waiting for his challenge and Kobe replied MVP and funny how these tables turn two years two years has passed and now Giannis Antetokounmpo has completed that challenge Uh, I truly believe he's very much deserving he was my MVP of the season Uh, the most unstoppable force throughout the season And just scoring at a high rate, really getting his teammates involved, really taking his game to that next level. I actually saw this in Giannis two years ago. Two years ago, I predicted that he would be the next man in the NBA. I still believe that he will be that next guy to kind of take the lead as far as being considered the best player in the league. I know we still got KD's injury uh, that's going to kind of linger for a year. Uh, James Harden has been phenomenal offensively. And, and of course, uh, with this free agency, a lot of things are going to happen. I expect some of these guys to team up, so this may take, have an impact on their productivity. So we'll see how that goes, but I still expect Giannis Antetokounmpo to really be a dominant force in the league. Um, a few of the older awards I predicted, Pascal Siakam. Our most improved player had a great speech. Just love his ending. Giving a big shout out to uh, to his home home country, Cameroon. Some inspirational words for the African youth, and of course, ending it with the famous Mandela quote: "It's only a dream until it's done." Very nice. Big shout out to uh, Spicy P. Now, next up. Um, six men of the year, Mr. Lou Williams. Mr. As I say, six men every year. Love that he started the speech saying you can't get, you can't ever get too much of these. Of course, referring to him racking up these six men of the year awards. Very deserving. And I love that he shared that moment with Montrose Harold. Uh, beautiful thing. Again, as I mentioned, the two best players on the team coming off the bench. That's really something phenomenal. Showing you the type of ball that they're playing in Clippers. Mad respect. And I love seeing uh, Doc Rivers, still, uh, Stephen Ballmer, the owner, even Jerry West in presence at the award. Man, these guys are in full free agency recruiting. Love it. And I was very disappointed to see some teams not having the organization or at least someone there. I think it's part a bit of the of the culture that they're trying to build to show that it's really a team effort and I think that's really great and I think it will certainly impact some of these players going into free agency knowing that they got an ownership and a management team that handles business that way um, moving on uh, the two awards that I got wrong that I predicted wrong 
was coach of the year went to Mike Budenholzer. The Bucks, of course, being the big winners. Uh, I didn't mention, but executive of the year went to uh, the Milwaukee Bucks GM, uh, John Horse, I believe is his name. Um, very much deservingly so. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks GM did a great job surrounding Giannis with good assets. Uh, we saw all the acquisitions they made, and of course that trade deadline trade to get Miritich, I thought was one of the key moves during the regular season. It turned out that the Marc Gasol trade ended up being the most important trade at that trade deadline. But during the regular season, which is what these awards are for, it was perceived as probably the sneakiest big move that ended up paying off very well as the Milwaukee Bucks won 60 games. Which in a way justifies Mike Budenholzer winning coach of the year. I don't really want to argue that one really. I find all three men were deserving. I just felt that Mike Michael Malone... Uh, the Denver Nuggets did an amazing job, and I guess I was guilty of really looking, not not at the playoff performance, but looking at this year and last year's growth and progress in that team, and the fact that they didn't really have a legitimate all-star until Nikola Jokic uh, eventually got uh, selected to the all-star team this year, and... Uh, and I just felt that from a coaching standpoint, he has done a hell of a job. And Mike Budenholzer, we know him to be a very good coach, a really intelligent, uh, intelligent basketball mind. And with Giannis, I guess the expectations were high and he did meet, if not slightly overachieve. I mean, 60 wins, only seven coaches, seven other coaches have been able to uh, accumulate 60 wins in a season. So a lot of respect to him. Congratulations. Much deserving. The other awards I got, the other award that I got wrong, that I still disagree with, Rudy Gobert won his second consecutive Defensive Player of the Year award. I gotta say that I really feel I'm feeling the same way as my man PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker was in attendance. He took to Instagram to take a selfie that he posted on his uh, story with the caption. First of all, he had he looked very unimpressed in the picture. And the caption says, I guess if you cry enough. Of course, referring to Rudy Gobert's emotional uh, outcry for not being selected to the All-Star game. I have to agree with P.J. Tucker. Uh, they, the camera, they put the camera on Yanis Atantecumpo when they announced the award. Yanis himself looked very unimpressed, very disappointed. I do not agree with that award. I mentioned before, Rudy Gobert is a great defender, a great pick-and-roll defender at that. Great rim protector, and I mentioned in my last episode, you really should take a look at how he impacts drives to the basket. His, his sheer presence alters shots, forces guys to change the trajectory of their shot. And as I mentioned, his shot-blocking ability certainly gives him so uh, his shot-blocking ability certainly gives him uh, gives him that extra defensive uh, presence, which makes it a lot harder and really closes the lane for uh, for many teams. With that said, Giannis Antetokounmpo to me has been the best defensive player. Giannis is the only guy in the league that can actually guard all five positions. 
without exception. Center included, point guard included. Giannis can guard literally every possession on the court. He has the size. He has the speed. He has the athleticism. And the man is a big reason. Look at the impact he has. 60 wins. And I don't think anybody can deny that a lot, if not most of it, has to do with his play on both sides of the court. In addition to that, Paul George led the league in steals, over two steals a game. And I don't think anyone would agree, would disagree that he there was no better perimeter. There was no better perimeter, lockdown perimeter defender this year. Paul George has been great in that front. And I feel that the Defensive Player Award has really been... I think it's been unfairly favoring big men and centers. Uh, of course, this doesn't add to my point, as Giannis has pretty much been playing the four and the five. So, anyways, that's an interesting decision, but... Hey, shouts out to Rudy Gobert. I know he's putting in a lot of work. Uh, his teammate, Mike Conley, was also a big winner, winning not only the teammate award, the Twightman Stoke teammate award, which is voted by the by the players, and he also won the sportsmanship award. I don't think anybody would disagree. It's interesting. I mean, I never go as far as to say I know these guys. I don't even have sources to let me to give me the intel on these guys. But you watch Mike Conley, the way he's played. I think I remember uh, a couple years ago, he had the streak saying that he went like years, even going back to college without getting a technical, just showing you the type of professional, uh, the professional that he is. And really speaking to sportsmanship. So real happy. Congratulations to him. Much deserving. Now. Uh, sorry. There was also the Community uh, Cares. Uh, the Community Cares Assist Award, I believe, which uh, Bradley Bill took home for the great work that he's doing. Uh, with this prep school in, uh, I don't want to say the wrong city, but uh, he was able to bring two of those kids along with him. Uh, very good, great story. Really happy to see, especially a young player, you know, giving something back to the community. So, and of course, his speech really calling on NBA players to use their platforms to really give back to the youth. Just another great thing. The, the Sager Strong Award, of course, in memory of Craig Sager, went to Robin Roberts. Uh, I took to Twitter to put a quick tweet talking about how inspirational an icon that Robin Roberts is. Really happy. She had a great speech. And I love her quote that she took from her mom saying, make your mess your message. That's really just a great message overall. Uh, just really happy for her to see her be able to challenge, to go through the life challenges and continue to be smiling and not just that it's just the human aspect right i mean we saw her go fight through her uh, through her cancer prognosis and we saw her in her downtime we saw her in a good time but you know it's just really showing you the human aspect just that you know we don't always have to be strong and that's partially what makes us strong so i really loved it congratulations robert roberts I love that she took a little shot at Craig Sager's wardrobe. Uh, but uh, it's it's a great thing. Very happy to see that the NBA continues this tradition. Uh, 
And one of my favorite awards, if not my favorite award, was the Lifetime Achievement Award given to two guys that I hope this new generation of basketball players not just recognize their talent, but recognize what they brought to the game. People don't realize the NBA was at the brink of bankruptcy when they made their new deal with ABC, I believe, at the time. And ABC only did so because of the popularity of Magic and Bird in college, the rivalry that started in college and that continued in the NBA. Just one of the greatest sports rivalry in any sport. And to see that blossom into an amazing friendship is just was just is just something I, I I truly cherish. I'm a Lakers fan. I core always been. Uh, as I got older, in my late teens, early twenties, I really started falling in love with the game of basketball, and I took it upon myself. I think it was a good maybe six to nine months where I just really studied the game. Uh, I read books about the game. I really went back, like, I uh, really went back uh, video footage of games because for a long time, I didn't even recognize the greatness of Jordan until I had to do my research. But one thing it makes me realize, my favorite player of all time, I know it's weird, especially being a Lakers fan, we can talk it out, y'all can ha- see what you want. My favorite player is Larry Bird. And, you know, of course, it's really weird, again, being a black man to have Larry Bird. But to me, it's not just this. The man's been a hard worker and a winner his whole life. I really have a thing that I respect for winners. Like, there's something that's almost innate, something that you can't teach. That winning drive, that winning mentality. And Larry Bird always had it for a guy who had no athleticism, and I mean it. In a league that is 80% black... Larry Bird had no speed, no jumping ability, but his basketball mind was something, something rare. The man averaged a double-double, 20-plus double-double in his career. A lot of guys don't average this on their best seasons. The man's career was shortened by back injuries, and he refused to stay home. He'd still be there with his team on the court getting getting massage, getting treatment on his back. It's kind of sad to see, to be honest, his last year. But it is something that I hope people cherish, people understand the greatness and uh, and just the, the gravity of the impact they had in the game and in sports in general. Again, Lakers and Celtics being one of the biggest sports rivalries ever. So big shout-out to Larry Bird. Big shout-out to Magic Johnson. Two of the greatest players to me, top 10 players of all time. No or no debating. So overall, great show, great award. Uh, I think the production was really good. We had, of course, uh, Shaq as the host. Toto was funny, one of the comedians that I came to present. Took a nice shot at James Harden, saying that all the stars are here, and he was looking for James Harden. And in... And in clear playoff fashion, he didn't show up. Yeesh. Felt it's a good joke, but I feel like it's one of these jokes you can only say when the guy's not in the room. So, so um, overall, great show. I think the only thing I got to say, Shaq uh, had his uh, Jabberwockies present with him, of course, doing this little hip-hop dance. Uh, I'm going to say this for many of us and many of us that really love Shaq. As a player and as a person, cut it out.
Like, we've had enough of this. You're a grown-ass man. You don't have the moves like you think you do. Ain't nobody was impressed with your little robot pop lock. Please, Shaq, please. We're begging you. Stop it. Shaq looked like he was having a midlife crisis out there. Looked like he thought he was 16 again. But again, from me and the rest of us who loves you and what you've accomplished, what you meant to this game, please cut it out. No more. Um, Jay Farrell came out for a bit, did his uh, impersonation of Shaq. Uh, I got love for Jay Farrell, but to be honest, his, impre- his impressions are really not that impressive. And they've never been to me. It's really not that great. And maybe I'm just saying his impression of Shaq. Uh, I've seen him freestyle where he takes on different different artists' uh, voice or tone. And that's impressive. But as far as the Shaq impersonation, it really wasn't that funny. Again, just my take on it. Let me know what you think. So thank you, guys. As I mentioned, I'm going to continue to work on this, continue to try to come out, give you a better product. And I'm hoping to get a microphone. As this has become part of a routine, I was hoping to get some sort of... uh, uh, Google Pixel compatible microphone on the go. Uh, I did go to Best Buy this weekend and I tried to find something. Couldn't really find something. I found a mic that could have been used for a for a PC. Mic is very good, however, too strong. I'm try, uh, so now I'm gonna try to look for a, you know uh, one of those noise canceling. Uh, things that you add to the mic because the mic is very good however it captures everything everything i was doing a quick test run and it was even capturing something that fell on the floor so that's my only concern so far but we're uh still working on it hoping to have this settled uh sometime next week so as always want to thank you again for joining me on this morning ride Hope you guys enjoy your day. Hopefully it's not as gloomy and wet wherever you are. Thank you again for joining. Top of the morning. Deuces.